Welcome to the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. I'm Jason. And this episode is our best of 2015 year in, year in review. Yes, uh, we have some great stuff lined up. We got an awesome uh, be-all, end-all list of what we think was the greatest of the year. <clears throat> so uh, it's going to be a good episode. Uh, Trent, how was your Christmas? It was good. Awesome, awesome. Good. Family was in town. Everything went great. How about you? Uh, it was yeah. great. Family, presents, food, all that. Yes. Any metal or rock lot, that lots, we can tie into this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I had my metal Christmas ornaments up. Right. Had my Slayer ornament, my Megadeth, my Metallica ornament, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, always you can always fit some kind of metal in there. Just, Just know that. There's always a room for metal. Yeah, I used to have an Ozzy and I think a, I can't remember, maybe a Pantera ornament, but I'd lost them when I moved a long time ago. Really? But now I've got like the Gene Simmons figure. Yes. And that's probably about the only metal thing I've got on the tree. But, okay, well, you know, you got to have the metal ornaments. I'm right. big on that. So I've got a Black Label Society one too. So uh, anyways, yes, uh, good holiday and we're ready to get into this list right now. Yeah, we're approaching the end of the year, and you might be hearing this into the new year. If so, thanks for checking it out regardless. We've got tons of stuff to talk about because this year was pretty pretty heavy as far as new albums come out and pretty heavy as far as quality stuff coming out. Yes, and, it was chock full of just great stuff, and you don't, you don't know where to start or, you, or you're going to miss something or you're, you're going to forget about something that you listen to eight months ago or, you know, whatever. It's just crazy. You don't do that a lot because you don't get years like this where just everything is coming at you and everything is really good. So it was tough to wade through it all sometimes. Yeah, I remember we talked about this last year. We didn't have the podcast then, but we, you know, made a post on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything about how 2014 was a really good year for new music. And it was, but 2015 far exceeded that as far as the amount of good music, which, I mean, I can't think of a year with this amount of quality stuff, and I don't know when, since maybe since the 90s. Yeah, I mean... It could have been the early 2000s, I just don't know, you know, I can't place a year with just that much stuff all at once. Uh, yeah, we got, like I said earlier, we got hit with so much stuff, it has been quite a while, since maybe like 92 or 93 uh, which that's a whole other podcast, but I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. And so on that note, we wanted to just rattle off some names here of some, some bands that had albums out this year that we did listen to gave them a chance and we did love it, but it just didn't make our list, but we wanted to shout it out because it's kind of surprising. Some of the bands on this list that I would think, Oh, they've got a new album coming out. They're definitely going to be on my, my year end list, but so much other stuff came out that they didn't make it. You know? I know, I know. And there's also some debut albums <coughs> in here that from bands that you know are making the making the cut of the the stuff here. So just to start it off, we had the new one from Frank Hannon Band, and that was another quality release from him. And we talked about this several of these. We talked about we had an episode um, back in July, I think it was the best of 2015 so far. And we had several albums that we were like, we were swearing we're going to be in our top, <laughs> in our top list that aren't there now. And look what happened. Right. Because so much stuff came out in the second half of the year. 
Yeah. And Frank Cannon, of course, was one of those, which that doesn't mean these albums aren't great. They are great. It's just like I'm repeating myself over and over. There's 15 albums that were greater, basically. Oh, no doubt that you know, <laughs> something came along that, you know, grabbed you more than this did or that did. And it doesn't mean it's any worse. But, you know, Frank Cannon was great. Uh, he's singing better than he ever has. So that was that was definitely one to, to mention. Yeah, and it's solid. If you <clears throat> like his stuff, you're going to love it. It's one of his more probably his most complete album, I would think. Yes. And then there's a great new one from Adrenaline Mob. You know, they've had several albums now that are great. Black Star Riders, their second album, is high quality just like the first. And I know a lot of people have this on their top ten list. And it's a good one if you're not familiar with them. They're the, it's basically Thin Lizzy. Changed their name and released the original music now. Check that out. New one from Kid Rock. A new one from Coal Chamber that was really good. New one from, we got Revolution Saints, which was a super group. I loved that one. Yeah, that was the one. How did you describe that? Oh, God, I can't. Oh, what did I say? It was like uh, the uh, the the early 80s uh, sports movies, you right. know. Driving down the driving in the sports car at night, you know, getting pumped up or whatever. Or like every album sounded like it could have been <clears throat> on a nineteen eighties sports movie. Right? Yeah, and they all could have been in they all could have been in a Rocky movie. Right. So, and it was such a just every song was like epic or it was catchy. Uh, that was that's definitely another one. You know, I might just change my list right now. <laughs> right. Although I think it's too late. Yeah. Where? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, we're going to say something more about that album? Or no. no okay. Well, we've also got a new one from Denko Jones. That was, was a good one. Which was a good one. You know, Denko Jones has never put out an album that wasn't good, in my opinion, but it just didn't, I guess it didn't grab me as much as the last couple did, and that's why it wasn't on my list. Yeah. And then there was new new from Camelot and Nightwish, both of the, you know, the power metal style bands, and both of them put out quality albums, and they're both on tour you know, check these guys out. There's We Are Harlot, which is the one you were big on. Oh, I was big on that one. Yeah. I was huge on that one. It's amazing it didn't make it. Like we said, there was a ton more shit, and it was really hard to narrow it down. But this was a great album. This was like <clears throat> glam metal on crack. It was such a fun album. Uh, if you don't listen to it, then, I don't know, your ears are broke. <laughs> Mark Slaughter had a had a pretty good album come out. That was a surprising one. Yeah, it was su- surprising at how good it was, I guess. Yes. You always kind of think of those guys from that period and think, well, they're putting out a solo album, their first solo album out now 20 years or 15 years after their last band's album. It's not going to be great. Yeah, and, yeah. But it, it really was. It was a good quality album, and I think he played almost everything on it. And then there's a new one from Tremonti. Which, that was a killer. Which I'm surprised didn't make our list. Cause that Solid. Was, yeah. What about uh, and what about the, the the Buck Cherry album that came out this year? Yeah, that's a def. <clears throat> we talked about that on at least on a different podcast, and that one to me is kind of I liked it a lot better than the last couple. Okay. It was it was kind of back up there with the first few for me. Kind of glad to see him back in that less you know I guess less serious kind of tone like the last couple albums were. Yeah. And then there's new Symphony X, which is another one that kind of surprised me didn't make my list because it's high quality, good album, solid. These guys never do wrong, and it's great to have them back. What about the new Joe Satriani? That's another good one. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think uh, I liked, I and I remember kind of what I said earlier uh, when we talked about it earlier in the year. I liked Unstoppable, Unstoppable Momentum better, but this one was another good one. Uh, just uh, shred-tastic as usual. Right. And the new, uh, I know you're not really big on either Pop Evil or Shine Down, but I really dig both of those. And they both had good albums. They just weren't as good as their previous stuff. So that's mm. kind of why they fell off my radar, I think. Yeah. But it was still good stuff if you're into either of those. Then there was the new uh, new Trickster, which kind of, you know, I'm. this is probably the biggest one on this list that we're rattling off that I'm surprised didn't make your list. <laughs> well, and it's it's funny you said that. This was just outside of it, and it was on it there for maybe a few minutes. Five minutes there, it was on it. It just didn't make the cut. But damn it, if we had a top 16 or 17, probably would have been there. It was so hard, again, you know, it was so hard to weed through and, and you know, make cuts to these lists. And it was just rough to do, but God, that was such a great album. And uh, kind of like Slaughter, uh, Mark Slaughter, just, you know, such a surprise and awesome to hear a band from that era still putting out stuff that stands up against, you know, here or something, you know? Right. Yeah, it was just a great, like, I think you mentioned when we talked about it before, a great party party rock album. Just to kind of, you know, hang out on the back porch drinking beers in the middle of the night on the summer, you know? That's, that's right. That's the type of music it is. It fits well with that. And it, and it, you know, it doesn't come off, you know, corny like, you you know, a lot of people think those bands from that era were. It, exactly. Yeah. That's a great point. It it catches that good time vibe, but it's not cheesy. Right. And in the <clears> same vein, there was a new one from Nelson. And that, that was another, you know, it was a good quality album. And it was, you know, there's these guys are, are great musicians. And they, they put out solid rock. And they even announced that this is the last rock album they're going to do. They're going into kind of like a, I think, a Americana country style vibe I yeah think they said i think they're going to, the to more of a yeah eagles songwritery type kind of stuff but yeah this was i mean it's a good album if you if you dug that kind of you know aor light rock from the early 90s you're gonna dig this album oh big time <laughs> big time act of defiance was the this somewhat of a super group with the guys from megadeth and who else was in it the guy from shadows fall and, yes uh, Matt sean from right. shadows fall uh the singer was from uh, Scar the Martyr. Right. So uh, that one was, uh, <clears throat> I think, that was one I didn't really give a lot of, uh, you know, attention to like I should have. That one is probably worth uh, another listen, and I should really get into that a little bit more. Uh, again, there's so much going on and so many releases, it just kind of... You know, got lost in the shuffle, but I I, I do want to uh, revisit that one for sure. Yeah, that was the same way. I, I I listened to it and I liked it, but I think it just didn't blow me away. I first listened like I hoped it would, and yeah. So it kind of just fell off my my radar there for a bit. The one that didn't though was the new Lynch Mob, which when I first heard it, I thought this is definitely going to be on my list. <laughs> but here we are, and <coughs> and it's uh this is. I don't know if, you know, Lynch Mob is a band a lot of people didn't really even know back whenever this stuff was popular. But yeah. 
those first first two albums are great and this one is right up there with them and the, everything they've done since they returned like 10 years ago has been great and this is no exception it's just solid bluesy hard rock yeah and you know lynch mob is just up your alley you're such a big lynch mob fan so yeah and was not let down by that and there's the new one from motorhead We've, we had several you know Legendary bands come out with albums, and Motorhead was one of them. Yeah. And it's a good, you know, what do you expect? Motor, I mean, you got what you expected. It's oh, Motorhead. for sure. It's a good album. I liked it. There was a new one from Bon Jovi, which was decent, you know. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. Yeah. There's, the new Scorpions is good. I know you're not a fan, but it wasn't as good as the last one, so it kind of didn't make my list, you know. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And then there was new uh new Pentagram, which... Just that one just came out a couple months ago, I think. And that, I've only listened to that one a couple of times, but it's just really solid and great. And it's a great glad that these guys are putting out new music. So, if that's something you're not familiar with, check out the Last Days Here documentary. Oh, that it'll, yeah, definitely check that out. It'll floor you. I'm sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, um, you know what about uh, what about Insight? Oh yeah, no, hold it. That was was that this year? It's on here. I wrote it on the list, but I think that was 2014. I don't oh well. Know, but but anyway, that, cut that part out if you need to. No, we can we can just say <laughs> right here it's it's a great album. Check it out. We've had a podcast here, a few episodes with Richie Cavalera. Go listen to that if you're into if you're into thrash, you'd probably dig this. So oh for sure. For so sure. check out Up in Hell, and then they've got a new one coming out this coming spring. Then there was new uh, Hollywood Vampires, their first album. That was a great one. Yeah, this is uh, another super group, and it was all covers of 60s and 70s rock songs. I didn't even know Johnny Depp had it in him. Right. And it was, yeah, it's an Alice. It's basically, you listen to it, it's like listening to an Alice Cooper album because it's his voice. Exactly. And it's got the feel of his music, and it's a lot of songs that he has covered live and in the past anyway. Then there was new Metal Allegiance and Last in Line. Oh, that's right. Both of these are more super groups. Man, this year was like heavy on the super group. Very heavy. Well, and, you know, all these guys are doing different stuff now. Yeah. And <clears throat> the uh, I, I liked I liked the Blackstone Cherry live album. Yeah. That was a great one. And I'm not big on live albums. Yeah, I remember that you wrote. Yeah, you wrote a review and even said that in there. Yes, right? exactly. So go to thethunderunderground.com, <laughs> read the review on that. There was new Children of Bodom, which was solid. New, where am I at on the list here? New Disturbed, which once again I know you're not a fan. That's but all you, man. <laughs> but it's. I'm gonna echo what uh, Jamie Welch said in our most recent podcast from Framing the Red. It's. I've read a lot of bad reviews about this from people, and yeah. to me, the pe- thing people are bitching about is probably the thing I like. Is it's just like it doesn't sound like the last few albums. It's a little it, different. Yeah, it's a little. It goes back to kind of the first couple albums where I don't know, it just hasn't more. Like they're not trying as hard, you know. Gotcha. If that makes sense. And then there's new Soulfly, which was. A good solid release, like it always is from them, you know. I mean, and their last several albums have been more in the metal vein. They kind of stepped away from that original, you know, tribal, rappy kind of feel they had, you know. If uh, that's a good word, new metal. Yeah, new metal. There you go. 
That's the right. That's the word I was looking for. Devil, you know, the album or the band featuring Howard Jones, formerly of Killswitch. Good stuff. The new Def Leppard was yep. pretty good. That was a solid one. And it's you know it was definitely better than the the last new album they had several years ago, Sparkle, whatever it's uh, called, yeah, Sparkle Lounge. I, yeah, I agree. This has more of a of a feel of the '80s stuff, and it and it doesn't sound forced. You know, it sounds like that era, and it you know, and most of the songs are good. There's a couple kind of boring ones on there, I guess, but for the most part, if you like Def Leppard, you should like it. The new Danzig album was a, a covers album. I thought it was pretty cool. There was new uh, new Striper and New Europe. I'll toss them together since they kind of fall under the same <laughs> the same kind of vibe of that that melodic. And they rock. both they both kicked ass. They sounded great. Yeah, and it's kind of shocked me because Europe's one of those bands where really all I've ever known was the three or four songs. You know, yeah. of course the final countdown and yeah. then the other songs. Well, that you, Carrie, that's Carrie, your favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carrie and what was other in Cherokee? It's just like what you know. I I never really got into them a whole lot, but I listened yeah. to this new album because I listened to the podcast that Eddie Trunk did with I can't even remember who he did it with in the band. Yeah, and he was going on about how great the album was, and it it is a great album. And then there's a new uh, Queensrÿche. That's right. That's right. And this is definitely. If you ever loved Queensryche and Quick Karen, I beg you to listen to this. And th- this album, Condition Human, and the one before it, which was self-titled, because they're back sounding like, you know, they sounded in 1991 and before. And, and it didn't make your it didn't make your final list, huh? No, I thought it would, but it's one of those ones, like you said, <laughs> you know, if it was a top 20, it would have been on there. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, I know how it is. Yeah, but their new singer, you know, has and the fact that the the three original dudes in the band have kind of control over the writing process too has helped, I think. Yeah, kind of <laughs> brought it back to what it needs to be back to. Wouldn't, yeah. you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it's it sounds like Queensrÿche, and it sounds great. There was new vision <laughs> vision of disorder. It's kind of cool to see them back. Yeah. New, did you listen to, I wrote this down, and I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it. Did you listen to the Joel Hoekstra album? Um, was it the... Uh, the 13, or what was it called? No, wasn't there one that was uh, like acoustic? I can't remember if I did or not. I know I listened to, I listened to him on Eddie Trunk's podcast, and I was going to listen to that album. I, you know, I really can't tell you. And that comes okay. back to, that comes back to, again, there's so much stuff right. and so much going on. It was kind of hard to keep it straight sometimes. We can be honest, you know? Yeah. I think that looks like that covers the list of of just, you know, all the stuff we've got down here that didn't make our lists. Yeah, you know, some honorable oh, mentions maybe. Murder FM. That album came out earlier this year. Oh, yep. Late summer, I think. And Great stuff. Yeah, and we had two of the members of that <clears throat> band on a podcast here a few episodes ago. Uh, and, great episode. One yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, it's a great episode, and this album's great because it has a different feel than what, you know, the standard stuff you hear nowadays has. That's right. It's kind of a mix of several different styles, so go check them out. Well, with all that, we've got, we also wanted to throw in a few albums that weren't weren't hard rock or heavy metal that we dug. Yeah. And 
I'll just start. I had uh, Just Joe on my list. This is a dude that, you know, we've mentioned several times on different episodes. We're both a huge fan of Joe Altier, and he's been doing this solo thing, Just Joe, for probably, well, he's been doing it for a long time, but he's been focused it as his main thing for probably eight or nine years now, I think. And he used to be the vocalist for Brand New Sin, you know, which was a heavy metal band that you might remember from the early 2000s. Which we loved. Yes. And his solo stuff's just him and a piano, and it's phenomenal. The dude has an amazing voice. He does a lot of covers, but he does a lot of original stuff. He had a live album come out earlier this year that covered his original stuff and some covers and some brand new synth stuff and some stuff from his other band, Elephant Mountain. It kind of encompasses his whole career. Yeah. Yeah, his voice will just level you. Yeah, and he also had his... uh, his album, the singles, twenty fifteen came out just like a month or so ago, where it, you know, it covers all the singles he had this year. Okay. And yeah, definitely find this guy on Facebook, Just Joe. Follow him and listen to his stuff on, you know, Spotify or whatever. I promise, if you if you dig amazing vocals, you will not be disappointed. Oh yeah, you will love it. Then we had Richard's Crane was a. One I dug because I'm a huge Whitfield Crane fanboy. And <laughs> and this was an album he did with... Uh, should have done my research better. What's, is it Dave Richards? Oh, no, Lee, Lee Richards. Richards. Lee Richards. And he was in the band Dropbox. And this is a... You know, you got two guys from two hard rock bands, but it's just an acoustic rock album, basically. Yeah. And it's great stuff. They had a video out for a song that featured Miles Kennedy trading vocals with Whitfield Crane. That was a great song. This whole album's good. And then the new Chris Cornell album, his solo album, it had, you know, it had a few songs that leaned hard rock, but the majority of it is your standard Cornell solo stuff that's laid back. But I listened to this one several times after it came out. It's a great, solid album. Okay. And speaking of that, Zach, this new Zach Brown album from this year, you know, a lot of people might know because... I think he had a hit single now with the song that Chris Cornell was singing on with oh, him. Oh, yeah, that definitely was a hit. Yeah, no, it was a, a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. It's kind of, which is kind of cool because I think we talked about this a long time ago, not on a podcast, but yeah. that I could definitely see Zach Brown heading in that direction. You know, where 20 years from now, Zach Brown's just going to be a guy you can't even label as That's country right. or rock or anything. He's just going to be a... It's going to be him. Yeah, it's just going to be him, and he's going to have this sound where he, he draws fans from all genres. Yeah, that that guy, can he can do anything, and he doesn't look like a dumbass doing it. Right. You know, some people, a lot of people might branch out, you know, and, the, and their fans are like, what the hell are you doing? Well, Zach Brown is just one of those guys that can pull it off no matter what. Uh, and that's just going to, it's just going to get better and bigger and really pay off for him, you know, in the future. Yeah. And that's one that's one guy I've never seen live. I'd love to see that band. Yeah. I've always heard yeah. great things about I, that. I agree. I yeah. agree. And you've got a couple you wanted to mention. I, I do have a couple. Uh, you know, for the most part, it was hard because I, I am a I'm a metalhead at heart. I'm a hard rock fan, and that's really just kind of what I stick to. Most of the time, if I branch out to anything, it's uh, a little bit of Americana roots music or... Um, you know, like uh, Ian Moore or Sturgill Simpson or uh, Old Country. Uh, that's really kind of 
where it goes for me outside of uh, metal. And uh, Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard had an album out this year called Django and Jimmy that was, you know, it was amazing because anything those guys do, even at their age, is still uh, insane. It's still a treat to the ears. Uh, and then uh, I'm really big on uh, an artist uh, named Lindy Ortega. Uh, she's uh, got a great voice. She's got a great vibe. Um, a really good kind of rootsy sound. You know, it makes you feel like you're you're in Austin or something. Oh, yeah. uh, and her 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 focus, I think, is you know, alt country or you know, country music, but not like pop country. Uh, but she's been on. Uh, she's you know recorded with Tim Armstrong though. Uh, just. You know, to give you an idea, and she had an album out this year called Faded Gloryville that was uh, just, you know, it was fun. Uh, it was well-written songs, and then there was some slow stuff where her voice just killed you. It was great stuff. And and that's pretty much, those are my picks for, you know, non-heavy stuff that I was really digging on this year. Well, that reminded me, as soon as something that wasn't on my list, as soon as you said her name was... Like you said, Tim Armstrong. Yes. And he doesn't release albums, but he releases singles right. all the time. Yeah. And under the name Tim Timebomb. And, and I think that's where, this is where she was recording with him was under the Tim Timebomb thing. Yeah, like you remember they did a, I Want to Be Sedated, she sang on with him. Yes. A cover yeah, that's of right. that. That's right. And uh, this, I mean, if you're a fan of Rancid or anything, like you know, even just, like you said, Americana style stuff, even yeah. maybe. Check out Tim Timebomb because this guy's got. I mean, I I don't even know if you go to like Spotify or iTunes, you're gonna see probably a hundred singles on there over the last three yeah, years. Exactly. Because he just he just records something, throws it up. He doesn't do albums, but you know, half of it's original, half of it's covers of stuff all across the board, and then even covers of his own stuff, the Rancid <laughs> songs. So he'll just like do them in a, a kind of a different vibe. Yeah, just Maybe a laid back mellow, acoustic yeah. mellow vibe, you know. Yep. And and I also have to say, you know, I'm 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 saying Americana and Roots and I kind of feel like a douche saying that because you know, it's really just a label a lot of times for just country music. But, you know, now country music is people think a lot of people think it's Luke Bryan or whatever the fuck right. and that's not country music at all well yeah you don't want to say <coughs> country music because you don't want people to think that's what you're talking yeah, about yeah exactly so right. now that now the powers that be you know I don't know if it's you know idiots in Nashville or whatever but the shit that is actually real country music they call Americana or Roots and I think that's stupid so I just wanted to get that out there you know artists like uh Sturgill Simpson and Dale Watson, Wendy Ortega, those are actually real country and they should be, you know, what real country, you know, is. So there you go. They're off my soapbox now. Well, that's a good segue to jump back into metal, I yes, guess. Yes, I, I guess know. so. I don't know. I <laughs> totally got yeah. off the... But you know what? It's our year-end review. Uh, yeah, we're just talking about yeah, 2015. That's right. And, you know, this is our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. Right. Well, let's just let's jump into this whole thing. We've got several honorable mentions, and then our list of fifteen, the best fifteen of twenty fifteen. Yes. So let's get into it. Number fifteen. 
starting off our first major honorable mention is White Snake the Purple album. Oh, definitely. This was one that I swore was going to be on my list, and if it was on my list, it would probably be in the top five or ten, but I just made a decision that thought, well, since it's a, basically a remake, covers, not really covers, I mean, he was involved in all the songs. Yeah. But it's a, it's White Snake, the current, obviously the current version of White Snake covering Deep Purple songs from when David Coverdale was in Deep Purple. Yes. And this album is fucking amazing. Oh man, it it is a barn burner, a face melter. Yeah, Reb Beach and uh, Joe Holkstra just take this thing to another level. Yeah, I mean, and, you can't. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, just everything about it. Coverdale sounds as good as ever, and these songs just, you know, I you know, I mean, I'll be honest, I always love Deep Purple, but I'm not like a diehard fan where I just listen to everything they've ever done. And yeah. I, you know, I knew probably five of these songs and there's like 14 on here and it made me go back and listen to some of this stuff. And it's just, it's unbelievable, you know, and it's, you know, I guess we can mention that at least the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame finally pulled, finally. Their, pulled their head out of their ass. But I mean, I'm still going to bitch about them because just like Rush, Kiss, Alice Cooper, it should have been done the the year they were eligible. Oh, yeah, it should should have been done when we were still kids. Right, but I mean that, and that's that you know laugh at that, but that's actually fucking true. Right. the The thing that shocked me the most about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that they that they are actually inducting that first lineup as well. Yeah, or not the first lineup, but the lineup with Coverdale and uh, Glenn Hughes. Yes, that to me. Yeah, I agree. You know, I was shocked. I thought we were going to get the... The very first lineup or whatnot, when or whatever. I, I thought it would be the Ian Gillen... You know, the the popular yes. hit-making lineup from the late 70s. Yeah. Mid-late 70s, you know. And they... Obviously, all those guys are going in, but so is the guys from the, the early lineup with, you know, like Burn and Stormbringer and all the stuff that is on this album. Yes. So, I, you know, if you're a fan of Deep Purple or Hard Rock in general, obviously you are. If you're listening to this, you're a fan of Hard Rock check this thing out it is just unbelievable and i was lucky enough to be able to see them live when they were touring this album and they played like i think it was like six songs off it you know mixed in with the white snake songs and it was just it was unbelievable yeah so and 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 also um the production on the on the album is just stellar uh it's just crystal clear like you know they're right there in, in your living room who produced it I put you on the spot. You don't know, do you? No, but whoever the fuck did is amazing. It was Bob Rock. Was it really? No. <sighs> you <Okay>. asshole. <laughs> okay. <sighs> now. God damn you, Trent. <laughs> we made a top 15 list since it's 2015. That's why the number 15 is there, obviously. Yeah, Are you, and, do you want to get into how yeah. we each made lists and then we put it together and some dropped off and whatever? Yeah, there's... As you would know, if you sat down with a friend of yours, there's no way you're going to be able to come up with a list where both of you are, you know, exactly happy with every placement of everything. Especially with Trent, because I like better shit than he does. But, anyways. Right. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, man. Sorry, I don't have a... a, She's giving you a hard time. I didn't have a witty comeback. Cut that out. (laughs) I'm a dick. No, the, the top 15... We each made our own list, and then I just put them together, combined them, 
weighted number system, basically, you know. If it was number one on my list, it'd yeah. get 15 points. If it was number two on your list, it got 14 points. All down, number 15 on the list got one point. Yeah. So, obviously, those ones at the end of our lists fell off the list. Yeah. But it's fair, and it's a good way to make a combined list. Yeah. There's no, kinda, there leaves no question. It kind of, and you know, it averaged itself out. I, I think we had, out of the 15, I think we had six that, yes. we, that we both had on our album. Yeah, I mean, both on our list, six it, or seven. It's like when you sent it to me, I you know, I had no, it was solid. So I think we did a good job on this one. Yeah, and I mean, it's a good way to average it because besides the six or seven that we both had on our list of the other seven or eight, it basically had, you know, what, four from each of us probably. Uh-huh. And then three or four from each of us fell off the lists. And so those are technically what we're calling the honorable mentions since they were on our list but fell off. And starting with your first one that fell off was Seven Dust, Kill the Flaw. Yes. Uh, you know, that was just, uh, you know, they always have a, you know, they always come out with an album every couple of years. And I have to admit, the last couple of years, sometimes it's hit and miss. I don't know. The stars lined up. They had a good, strong outing on this one. Uh, nominated for a Grammy, even. Right. Uh, so I mean, you know, there's still, you know, there's still a lot of validity in this band, and uh, they demand to be heard. Yeah, and it's it's a great album, solid all the way through. Oh, the, definitely. The first one to fell off my list was Sweet and Lynch, which was one of the first albums that came out this year, I think. Yes. Of anything that we're talking about. It was early January, and it's, you know, obviously that was before everything came out. So I was like, oh, this is definitely going to make my list. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And it was one of the ones that was at, you know, I think it was number 15 on my list. And it it's one of the ones that could have been replaced with several other things yeah. that we've already talked about. And like Seven Dust and Slayer and a few other ones that I was just trying to figure out who was going to be in those last couple spots. <laughs> but Sweet and Lynch is obviously Michael Sweet, George Lynch. You know, two guys that are, you know, at the top of their game still to this day at what they do. And it just, it's cool because, you know, George Lynch has a little more of a punch and attitude to his playing than Striper does. And even though the newer Striper has more, you know, attitude, I think, than the early stuff did, just Michael Sweet's voice with George Lynch just gives it, you know, something else. If that is a way to put it. Yeah. It sounds like you expect it to sound. It sounds exactly like George Lynch playing with Michael Sweet singing. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's, then there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I'm a huge George Lynch fan, always have been. Michael Sweet, I've, you know, I'm a fan that's... I'm a fan, but I'm kind of indifferent. I don't follow everything he does constantly. But I was... I really dug this album. It's a solid, solid hard rock album. Yeah. Then I had Backyard Babies, which was a huge thing for me because I was so glad these guys were back. It's been like, I think, eight, eight years since the last album. This album called 4x4, Four Four, and it picks up right where they left off. You know, it's just great, good time. Kind of that sleazy, mix, you know, punk, glam mix with, you know... It's got a lot of pop sensibility to it at the same time, but mm-hmm. it's also got tons of raw attitude, you know, where, it, you know, people from all different genres, kind of like we talked about, Zach Brown would like this band, you know, because yeah. oh, yeah, they, they sure. cross all kind of, like they open for Social Distortion, they've opened for Michael Monroe, just different, 
you know, different genres of stuff. Yeah. Then there was what? Slayer was on your list. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you got a big four band going on, you know, you can't not include them. So, uh, and it was a first album without Hanneman. So, you know, and they still pulled it off, still had some memorable songs. So, uh, you know, it, that made my list. Sad to see it drop off, but that's okay. Uh, it that's was, probably uh, my fault for not putting it on mine, right? Well, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it's all good. That's that's how right. that's how it works, and that's how it goes. Yeah, because I was really happy. You know, I think we talked about this on a podcast. I yeah. was I was really worried about it because of the Hanneman thing. Since he wrote, since he was a heavy in the in the writing process, and it didn't disappoint me at all. No, I mean, and you know, it sounds like Slayer. Yeah. Uh, Trivium, that was the next one. Uh, that was on my list. Uh, I, you know. The last couple of Trivium albums have had some moments, but haven't been, you know, haven't grabbed me. This album grabbed me big time. So, uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, it, it's a little bit more solid. I like that it's all singing instead of growling. Yeah, this is right the first thing where there's no growling at yes, all, Yes, right? and I think it's... I mean, I love growling, but I like when they make a step up. Or a different step, um, you know. So this was uh, very interesting. So uh, I, I really enjoyed this album. Uh, and then, then, then I had the sword. That was one that, that uh, didn't make <clears throat> our combined list. Uh, I really liked. Um, I'm kind of. I'm like I said earlier in earlier podcasts. I'm new to this band. Um, and when I'm new to a band, the first thing I want to listen to is their latest album and you know i like that it's it's riffy and it's heavy but it's it's not like i don't know it's i don't want to say it's not loud because it's loud it's just there's just this really cool kind of trippy maybe a little bit of a laid-back vibe with all the you know the heavy guitars going on i just really enjoyed it i love the guy singing so uh that was one i ended up listening to a lot more than i thought i would this year yeah, I was. That's one of the ones that was hard for me to not put on my list. Yeah, and I think the first time I heard it, I was, you know, just a little kind of shocked because I'd listened to their earlier stuff, and it, I didn't dislike it at all. I mean, there wasn't anything about it that I disliked. I just was kind of taken aback because it didn't sound like the earlier stuff. But yeah. like you said, it's got this. The more you listen to it, it's just, it's just, it's a great album, and it's. Like you said, it's got that that riffy, stonery vibe that those guys developed, but like you said, more laid back into like a a classic feel, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, the sword. It's called High Country. Go get it. Definitely. Then Ugly you, Kid Joe. Yeah, you had Ugly Kid Joe. Yes, and this was uh, one of those albums or one of those bands like. Faith No More and Crozier and Conformity that yes. I've been sitting around for <laughs> 10, 15 years just like hope. Well, obviously not 15 years with COC, but like years and years hoping that they're going to put out a new album. And I wasn't, at, at first listen, I didn't love it as much as the earlier ones, but after listening to it several times, it, it grew on me really quick. quick. It was, I don't want to use the word 
mature with Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> it's just got a more of that kind of feel with it. It's just, it's got a, you know, one of the cool things about Kid Joe always was their, the lyrics were real, you know, tongue in cheek and in your face and just like an attitude type thing. And this one has a few songs like that, but for the most part, it's just a, a rock album, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's great. You know, if you're a fan of the band, you, you know, you can't really go wrong and Woodfield Crane sounds great. And like I said earlier, I'm a fanboy, admittedly. Yeah. Then we had, you had Michael Monroe. Yes. Um, this was, uh, again, uh, this is a great album. <clears throat> uh, had a lot of stuff on there. It's like the last few albums he's done is just bam, 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 quality, 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 in your face, catchy, memorable, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, if you like, uh, you know, if you like old glam, if you like stuff like you were talking about, Trent, Backyard Babies, uh, stuff like that, you, you can't not listen to Michael Monroe. And uh, this was a good one. Yeah, he's just criminally underrated. Yes. Is the best way to talk about him. His whole career, I mean, at least in America. I know he's obviously had success in his area of the world. But Yeah, I mean, uh, in just uh, <clears throat> the first two songs alone, uh, you know, This Ain't No Love Song and Old King's Road, uh, just... You know, you should pay, you should want to pay 12 bucks just for those two, <laughs> you know. So, uh, this is a great album. It's called Blackout States. Again, get into it. And the, the final one that was on my honorable mentions that didn't make the the final cut was Soul Works' new album, The Ride Majestic. That's right. I'm a huge fan of these guys, and I've loved everything they've ever done. And I know the, the album before this was... I think on my list like two years ago, like near the top. So, but this one I didn't love as much, but it's amazing album. These guys can't do any wrong. They're kind of like, they're my favorite band of that whole era of music, you know, or all those bands that came from, you know, the Finland, Sweden, Sweden era, you know, in the early 2000s, late nineties, yeah, the In Flames, all those kind of bands. They're the one for me that I became the hugest fan of. Yeah. And this album's no different. You know, it's just a great, great, amazing album. Amazing vocalist. Amazing guitar work. Just like they always do. All right, so we're ready to just get into this 15 countdown now. Yes, let's uh, let's get into it. We're getting into the into the real the real stuff here. All right, number 15 is Soul Invictus from Faith No More. Yeah, and I mentioned them earlier. This was one of my this is one of my all time favorite bands. That's their first new album since nineteen ninety seven. <coughs> and it's it didn't disappoint at all. It it's a you know, just like Faith No More always did. It doesn't sound like any of their other albums, but it sounds like Faith No More, which is an amazing quality that they have. Yes, exactly. That every album they have done sounds completely different. Completely different, but you know it's them. But it somehow. sounds exactly like them. I know, I know. And it's chock full of great stuff, you know, like the single Motherfucker and the single Superhero, the song Sunny Side Up. This whole album from beginning to end is just 
it's just great stuff. You know, you can't go wrong when you've got the greatest vocalist of all time. <laughs> you've got the amazing drummer and Mike Borden. You That's know, right. And the we, keyboard we got, stylings of Roddy Bottom. And we got to see him this year. Yes, yes. So that was great. You know, I was kind of worried I wasn't going to get to catch him. Yeah. Because when they came around this area, like Dallas, um, I was out of town. But we got to catch him at Riot Fest, and that was phenomenal. And number 14 on our list was psychic warfare from clutch yes i mean what what can you uh what can you say about clutch they're always yeah. if they put out an album it's always gonna make our list yeah one of the most consistent hard rock bands <clears throat> probably ever like these guys don't have you know your hashtag all killer no filler <laughs> that's what they do every that's album right. and that's they, right they've continued with this one this is you know i don't know where to it's just, it's like a lot of these bands where it's like you, you you know, you say if you like the band, you're going to love it, you know, yeah. which kind of sounds cliche, but that's the truth. Yeah, it's pretty much the truth on that one. But I, I think with Clutch, it's one of those bands that even though they have a huge following, they've always been under the radar of a lot of people. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that would love them that don't know about them because yes. they, they, they're another one of those bands that even though they early on got lumped into the stoner rock genre. They just kind of cross, you know, a lot of different boundaries, and they're just a rock band, you know. And I think even Neil Fallon has said that before, you know. They yes. just strive to be just a rock band, you know. And it's, they they don't do wrong. They're a clutch <laughs> band. They're clutch. Yeah. yeah. You know? They're phenomenal live. They change up the set list every night. These guys don't do any wrong. <laughs> you know. Anyway. So number 13. This was Genexus from Fear Factory. There and this go. was one I know wasn't on your list, but it was on mine. Yeah. Kind of high up. So, and it, Fear Factory is another band I've been a huge fan of forever. But kind of like you mentioned with Seven Dust or Trivium, there's been the last few albums I just kind of, I listen to them, I like them, but they're hit and miss a lot. To, but when I heard this album it it brought me back to you know those early albums the first probably three albums where it's just completely solid straight through it sounds like early you know the mid 90s fear factory but it also sounds modern and it's just a quality a quality amazing heavy metal album from these guys and i'm really glad that they're that they're still doing it and they're back doing it uh at least from you know in my opinion a higher level. Yeah. So. Okay. So what was number number 12? Number 12. <clears throat> you're going to make me say this, aren't you? That's why I asked you what was number 12. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lamb of God 7, Sturm und Drang. <laughs> uh, that was our number 12. Um, glad these guys are back. Glad they're, uh, everything went great with, uh, you know, uh, D. Randall. Uh, and they're just back to kicking ass and you know <clears throat> they're throwing they're throwing us a curveball or two but they're but they're keeping it they're keeping they're keeping their sound uh their epic uh is brutal and uh you know they're really it, it, it's just like i and i think i i've talked about this before this is the album that had to come out now. It's just something is lining up with the stars and with what they've been through. And this is really, you know, 
you know, planted their foot. You know, they had one foot planted in uh, legend status, and I think they just planted their other one, uh, you know, to just to keep the legacy going to where one day they're just going to be, they're going to be like a big four band. And this album, they couldn't have done it without this album. They couldn't have got there to that without this album. It's just, uh, every song, Overlord is amazing. You know, he's singing. I mean, just, uh, I don't know, what can you say? Yeah, that song, Overlord, just blew me away the first time I heard it. Yeah. And I think we talked about this before, but it's one of those songs where I wish it was back in the day where you didn't, you know, have your phone or the the car radio where it told you what it was. <laughs> So I could be listening to that and just like yeah. thinking, man, who is this? What's this band? And then all of a sudden when it got three and a half minutes in and he starts singing in his normal style, you would just, your jaw would hit the floor. Yeah. It would have, when you realize who it was. I know. It would have flipped your lid. <laughs> Number 11, we had the book of souls from Iron Maiden. Oh God, let's get into this. What can you say? They're another band that doesn't, you know, at least in my opinion, hasn't had any missteps really. And, you know, in the, you know, with Bruce Dickinson and Mm -hmm. in this album, I like it better than the last couple, even though I like those, you know, but this has a, it has everything in it. You know, it has that 18 minute long opus. That's good. And then, (laughs) but then it also has like a, you know, songs that are four and a half minutes long that just just rock. It just sound like a hard rock, heavy metal. Yeah. Three and a half minute ass kicker. Yeah. And it's just, it's got everything, like I said, it's got everything on it, and it sounds like Iron Maiden, and it's, you know, it's great that these guys, basically 40 years in now, at least when the band started, I just read this a couple days ago, was Steve Harris started the band on Christmas 40 years ago, so. And they're still doing it, and they're still putting out epic, epic stuff. Yes. Uh, You know, I mean, I I do not skip... <clears throat> the 18 minute song <laughs> you know it's that good and we're looking forward to seeing these guys live they're playing here in Tulsa in about two months that's right can't wait for that number 10 we had Battering Ram from Saxon yes who is another band that's been around for decades kicking ass non-stop that's right and these guys are I know at the top of your list oh just man anything oh man come on I mean young bands out there what are you doing you're getting your you're getting your asses whipped by these old guys i mean they just they do everything better than you you know step it up and saxon is just uh, another example battering ram it, it's not just solid it's rock fucking solid uh, <laughs> it, it, it's songwriting out the ass biff byford's voice is on point and he's not using machines or nothing uh, just you know battering ram kicks you in the ass devil's footprint uh three sheets to the wind kingdom of the cross is and just insane uh, this this was uh I, I just so glad to have a new saxon album always love it and we recently did a podcast with kirk winstein Crowbar, which you should go listen to. Yes, and he mentioned kind of that as well. He said he's, you know, he saw Saxon recently, and they blew, you know, all these young bands off the stage. You know, that's right. Just live and the new album. That's right. 
Well, at number nine, we had Revolution from the Dead Daisies. That was a good one. Yes, this this album, you know, for me, I was really excited when it came out because it included, you know, guys from bands that, you know, are at the top of my all-time list. Obviously, John Crabby is one of my favorite singers of all time. And then it's got Dizzy Reed, who everyone knows has been in Guns N' Roses since the Use right. Your Illusion, the Use Your Illusion era. And it's also got, you know, a couple other guys that are, are known in the rock world. But this album is like a, it's just, it's kind of like, you know, we were describing Clutch as just a rock band. It's like a, you know, your classic rock, like a, a Rolling Stones, just amped up to a harder rock level. It just got that whole you know, just rock feel to it where it kind of, it, it covers everything from, you know, your bluesy stuff, your soul, soul stuff to just your good time. You know, like the song, one of the last songs in the album last night, you know, just takes you back to that seventies rock. Yeah. And, you know, in the song, uh, Empty Heart, I've listened to probably 5,000 oh, times man. over that, the past six months. And, and that's what we've, I think we've even said that. You could just hit repeat on that like five times. Yeah. That song never gets old. It's such a feel-good song. Yeah, and the song Mexico. This, I mean, this whole album is great. John Krabi, his voice is, you know, in my opinion, better than ever. It just got, it just gets more soul as he goes on, I think. Yeah. And that's another guy we... You know, we saw live this year doing the Motley Crue 94 album in its entirety, and he's still phenomenal live. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Love to be able to see the Dead Daisies live, so hope they continue on, you know, into the into the next couple of years with Krabby in the band, because they've had a couple albums before him before he was in the band, so. Number eight, we have Rise to Power from Battlecross. Yes. And this is... This is an album that we were both huge on from the first time we heard it. Oh, yeah, from the minute. From the minute. And this goes back to another one of our earlier podcasts. We had the singer Kyle Gunther on our podcast, like I think it was number 17 maybe. Yeah. So go back and check that out. These guys are are modern thrash, you know, mixed with just straight up, you know, balls to the wall metal. That's right. That's it's, right. It's from the get-go. It's in your face. To like the last song, I think, is The Path. And yeah. that's, that's the first time it kind of, it slows down for a second just for like, you know, some, you know, melodic guitar stylings and then it just <laughs> kicks right back in, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just no frills, uh, just power from the get go, uh, a track to check out that I, my favorite is, uh, spoiled. It's about midway through the album. It's like, a it's got this new wave of British heavy metal, like riff, just, times 15 it's just insane yeah these guys are you know this is their third album and we've talked about this i think on that podcast that we had with them it's just they're making a steady climb up and i think they're one of yes. those bands that you know a few more years from now they're gonna be like a, a you know lamb i don't know on a lamb of god level but they're gonna be one of those household names in the heavy metal world at least oh i think so that's sure. where i see them going and hope they do because they're they're all phenomenal musicians as well. Like Don Slater, the bass player, is just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Number seven, we had Ride from Motor Sister. And this was one that I I struggled at almost putting at number one on my list. Really? Like, that's how much I liked it. <laughs> but, you know, the more I thought about the other stuff, it fell to number 
I can't remember it's number three or four on my list. But this this is another one. It's in a super group, another super group, and it's got Scott Ian from Anthrax, John Tempesta, Joey Vera, Joey Vera, and then it's got Jim Wilson from the band uh, <laughs> Mother Superior, and this is a, one of those bands that's just underrated, overlooked, just kind of most people, you know, they never got mainstream exposure. You know, we kind of fell onto them and we got to see them live early on and just fell in love with these guys. And then they, they were in the rock, you know, they were the, the backup to Henry Rollins and his reincarnation of the Rollins band for a while. That's right. But all their, all the mother superior stuff that Jim Wilson wrote is just amazing rock music. And, just this bluesy rock and his voice is phenomenal. Yeah, it's like a whiskey drenched roadhouse thing, but like amped up a little bit. Right. Um, and 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 that band was just blazing live. We saw them in Austin, remember? And there's literally like seven people there. <laughs> it didn't matter to them. They killed it. And I I, I got to see him with Rollins a lot. And uh, so for these, you know, and it didn't quite work out for Mother Superior. So to have this kind of resurrected is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of a, a thing where Scott Ian and I think it was Brian Slegel from, is that Metal Blade? I think so, yeah. Yeah, where they were both big fans and they they just put this jam together and they ended up <clears throat> having such a great time that I thought, well, why don't we just record this stuff and give it new life? Yeah. And so it's basically Mother Superior stuff re-recorded you know, with guys from the from the world of metal that's heavier than Mother Superior was. Yeah. So it gives it a little more of a of a punch than the original stuff did, but it's still it still has that you know that bluesy, like you said, whiskey drenched feel to it as well. Exactly. Because it's still got his voice, which that's what he's that's what his voice is. That's right. All right, number six. What was that? How do you even say that? <laughs> Huh? How do you say the name of the ghost album? I don't want to like screw it up. Oh, uh, Meliora. That's okay. how I think I've. Uh, that's how I've. I'm pretty sure that's how I've heard it. Uh, you know. Okay. I was. I was sorry. I was like looking at. Uh, he's reading them off. I'll just let him read them off. I didn't know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, <clears throat> you know, this I've kind of seen with Ghost. Now they're getting bigger. Uh, they got nominated for a Grammy, so now that you might hear them on the radio during the day a little bit more. I know I have. Um, I know it's weird when my wife, I come home, my wife is like, oh, I, had Gersh, I, I heard Ghost on the radio today. It's like, what? <laughs> so some stuff is happening for them, and I think it's great. You're going to get into the talk now of, oh, they're not cool anymore. They've sold out or whatever. Well, I don't care. They just get... Uh, you know, this is their third album. Each one has a different vibe. Uh, the first one was real raw, you know, um, just, um, you know, gorilla uh, in your face. And the second one was a little bit more epic. And I think with Meliora, they've uh, they've kind of found a good in-between on that a little bit, uh, you know. And, uh, 
you just got some insane songs from the pinnacle. The pit is amazing. Mummy dust okay. uh, is just, you know, brooding and dark. He is, is like my fucking favorite track on the whole album. It's like epic, like Monster and Clock was on right. Infestissimum. Uh, it, you know, it's got these just killer, just guitar moments. Uh, you know, and you can, and it's, if you YouTube these guys, you can look up a concert from when they first started, you know, and they're just kind of there in their robes. And now, you know, they're kind of just in their black suits with their mask, the band anyways, and they're getting into it more. Uh, they're emoting more, they're having a lot more fun, and it's coming across, and which I, I get because something that not people, not a lot of people are talking about with this album is just there's some great guitar, there's some insane solos, just really passionate runs. I mean, I just, you know, you, you watch them on their concerts and they're just throwing their heads back and they're getting into it, and it's just like I said before. A lot of, you could just air guitar the shit out of this album, you know, whether you like Satan or not, you know, and they're just really, they're really coming into their own musically and, uh, you know, and, and that's the most important thing, you know, the image is cool, it's dark, it's evil, they've got the masks and the this and the that, and that's awesome, you know, because I kind of like that kind of stuff, but, you know, let's not forget musically these guys are just killing it yeah yeah i agree like i like this i think better than the first two yeah i, mean, I see i get yeah, that i get yeah. that it just got more of a it's more of what i kind of expect them to sound like you know that's right and maybe like you said every album's a little different so maybe the next one will be another shift but i see if they continue with any sound this is probably the best way to do it you know this sound at least oh definitely Number five was Static from Huntress. That's right. And That's right. <laughs> I, you know, I think this is more This is more of a me one than you. Uh, yeah, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It it didn't make my list, but I, I do love it. Yeah. Well, this, this made my list, and this is getting into what I wanted to talk about was the few albums. They were at the top of my list. And maybe when I knew they were coming out, I was, knew I'd listen to them, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting to get so blown away. But this was just one of like three or four albums that just all year just go back to, just listen over and over and over. They're so enjoyable to listen to. Huntress are just, they've, they've got riffs, they've got great production, they've just got a good meat and potato metal, you know, vibe. Uh, it's real, just no frills. It's nothing, you know, uh, nothing that you don't need. It's nothing too wanky. Uh, it's just, it's a really, you know, Jill Janice, her vocals are just insane. They've got a great evil mid range, but then she can like soar, you know. So I just think, uh, this album, it was, you know, flesh, sorrow. I want to want to wake up. That's probably one of my favorite ones. Four Blood Moons. I mean, I can't. I yeah, can't Four tell Blood you. Moons. I remember that oh, yeah, riff, I, man. I, I can't tell you how <laughs> how cool this album is. So, really, really glad to have it up there. Yeah, one thing I want to say is, people love metal bands that have hot women in them. 
Okay? I know where you're going with this. So why the fuck are you listening to Butcher Babies when you could be <laughs> listening to Huntress? Well, because not only do they have a hot woman in the band, they have a hot woman that can sing her ass off. That's right. That's right. And I, while the Butcher Babies are great to look <clears throat> at, and they're cool people as well, I've listened to interviews with them, you know, it's like what? It's just boring, noisy shit. Yeah, it, it is. No it, offense if it, you love the Butcher Babies, but Huntress is... Heavy metal with amazing vocals, and yes. that's what it's supposed to be, right? And and, and 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 that's exactly, you're exactly right. It's heavy metal with amazing vocals, and the fucked up thing is a lot of people are just going to pass it, you know, throw it to the wayside because it's a female vocalist. Or they're not going to, they're not going to give it, you know, they're going to talk about her looks before her voice. And uh, sometimes that happens, and I think it's unfortunate, especially when you have uh, talent like this. Right. I mean, just pure talent, and it's being used for metal, so that's even better. Exactly. Speaking of talent and metal, number five or four on our list was "Win Hands Down" from Armored Saint. Yes. And Th- this, for me, kind of like what I said earlier. Uh, if Armored Saint has an album out this year, it's going to be in our list. Right. Because these guys, we talked about this, I think, when it came out. Like, you know, these guys have been around since we were like six, you know, or something. And like, they, since like the early 80s, and they've really only got, what, like six or seven albums? Yeah. Is that right? And, you know, because obviously John Bush was away for a long time when he was in Anthrax, so they didn't do anything then. And now when they do albums, you know, it's like every few years and everything they do is, is great. But this album to me, just, you know, that the last time they did five or six years ago, I loved it, but this album just took it to a whole nother level. Oh, hand, yeah. I mean, yeah. It just, it's, um, you know, they don't, they don't do stuff all the time. And it's like, like they've said, you know, they, when we got something, we're going to put it out. And boy, they got something. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier with Karubi and Whitfield Crane and Mike Patton, this was another one of my favorite singers of all time with the new yes. album out this year. So it's kind of like overload for me. But I'm glad it's all lived up to the hype of what I hoped it would be. And like the song Mess is one of my favorite songs. Oh, man. Favorite songs of the year. Yeah. The whole, you know, the whole album's great. Listen Muscle to this awesome. Win hands down. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's just if Armored Saint, kind of like we mentioned with a couple of these other bands, is one of those bands that people know the name, but they kind of felt, you know, probably fell under a lot of people's radar that don't dig deeper than what they hear on the radio, you know? So do yourself a favor and not just look into this album, look into the whole catalog from these guys because. You know, John Bush, you can't go wrong with anything this guy does. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he's one of the voices. Yes. Okay, we're getting into the, the nitty-gritty we're here. We're getting down to it. The top three. Okay. And number three is Hot Streak, the second album from the Winery Dogs. There you have it, number three. And I think this is, I don't know what number of podcast is going to be, 35 or 30, 35, is that right? Well, I'm not sure. If that's wrong, who cares? But regardless, I think we've probably <laughs> talked about Winery Dogs on like 27 of these podcasts. <laughs> probably. And You're there's, right. good, there's good reason because 
like I mentioned before, when this band first, when we first heard about this band a couple years ago before we heard any music, I'm like, that that trio sounds so amazing that there's no way it can live up to what I think it's going to be. <laughs> but it has. Yeah, somehow. it has. It's, like, went, it's went past it. Yeah, both these albums are phenomenal and live. They are one of the best live bands you will ever see of any style of music ever. Yeah, I mean, it's live. It's a, it's like a religious experience type kind of level. Yes. And this album, no different than the first one. Just quality, unbelievable. You know, Billy Sheen all over the place with that bass. You know, Mike Portnoy doing his thing. And Richie Kotzen, you know, with this unbelievable voice and this guitar that, you know, another guy like all these other bands are mentioning fall under people's radars because of, you know... He's just a, a guitarist that, you know, never got much more fame than what he had when he was in Poison or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what he got labeled at for a long time with a lot of people. Yeah. This guy's a phenomenal bluesy soul, you know, just rock songwriter. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it, you can't speak enough of how Billy Sheehan and Richie Kotzen, they just play, they play with each other and through each other and off of each other and their parts just you know uh weave in and out of each other like nothing nothing i've ever heard it's a chemistry that i don't think any other two people could produce uh you know i mean it's just the these guys really caught something and uh you know it's billy sheen's one of my all-time favorite bass players so the, as a as a just a hard rock fan as a, a player myself, it's just this these these guys blow my mind, and Hot Streak uh, is just uh, it, it's no it's it's not anything compared. You know you can just put it right with their first album. Neither one of them's better than the other one. It could all go together. It's just all amazing. Yeah, Captain Love and How Long are two of my favorite songs off this. Yeah. But like you said, it's just every song, this album, the last album, and they've got a sound already that's kind of all their own. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you could tell who it is instantly because of that, that guitar sound, and then especially when he's singing. But, you know, even like you said, because you can hear that bass shine through well more than you do with any other band. That's right. And I was fortunate enough to see him three times this year you bastard yeah. we saw him that time at rocklahoma and yes. i saw him two other times in south oklahoma and in dallas and it's just one of like you said a religious experience where like they're on from the beginning to the end and there's no you can't really compare it to anything you know other than just being what if i used the word phenomenal like 40 times already but hey if it's know. there use it because right. it's true <laughs> So what's well, uh what's number two? Number two is another super group, Skyline Whispers from the Night Flight Orchestra. That's right. Uh, break break down the members for this one, Trent. <laughs> well, I can't break them all down. I'm none. I'll be honest with you. Well, without looking at a list. Well, tell us the what key, bands they're the from. The key members: are Sherry D'Angelo from Arch Enemy, and then David Anderson and Bjorn Strid from Soilwork. There you go. And when you hear those two words, these are, you know, melodic death metal bands from 
you know, Scandinavia, you're thinking, oh, this is a super group of melodic death metal. No. No, no. Not even close. <laughs> and this is another band we've talked about 20 times on our podcast because I can't, I can't get tired of anything. You know, like their, their first album came out three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to it a billion times, and I'm going to listen to it a billion more times. Oh, yeah, it was weird out. It's just, this is, they they started this group so they could perform AOR-style, you know, classic rock, basically. Yeah. And the thing is, they're as good as the stuff that they're kind of emulating, and in some cases, even better. See, I think it's better. <laughs> I mean... I mean, they, they for some somehow, this band... Of you know, death metal guys from Europe have come together to form this band of like late seventies, maybe a little bit of early eighties classic radio rock that sounds like it's from America, and it's I mean it's you know I got I got to think when you say that you know you think of like Journey and Foreigner and Sticks and whatever. Well, I like this shit way better than any any of those bands. So it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's just you know the chemistry, the mu- musicianship, the songwriting, but you know it's kind of like Winer Dogs. These guys have these guys have captured something. Yeah, captured something is a great way to put it because it's just not anything you ever expected to hear. Like, you know, oh, I hope these death metal dudes start rocking out <laughs> and sounding like Foreigner. You know, exactly, and it's. That first album, you know, there was stuff that had a Sammy Hagar feel at times, had a Kiss feel, like yeah. you said, Foreigner, you know, just all that stuff you mentioned. And this, but this second album even goes into like Asia. There's points where you're like, this sounds like 1984, you know, like uh, Stiletto. I, yeah, I get that. Know. Oh, Stiletto's a great song. And there's I Ain't Old, I Ain't Young, which yeah. has a total Fleetwood Mac feel to it. Yeah. And there's just, you know, all those bands we've mentioned, you know, and they're all from that whole. 70s 80 80s era of AOR rock and that's what they're that's what they're attempting to emulate and they've like we just said they captured it and it's just unbelievable and I can't I can't talk this band up enough I think when now came out you know we both said it was our favorite album of that year oh man yeah (laughs) and here we here we are with their second album it's at number two on the list yeah it's I I can't you know, just like with the winery dogs, I can't ask you enough to just, if you're not familiar with this, to look it up. Yeah, you, you've got to hear this. You've got to hear this stuff. And his Bjorn Strid, you know, from Soul Work, his, his vocals are unbelievable. And his second album kind of took it to another level. He hits a lot of high notes where I'm just like, I'm kind of floored, you know, yeah. in a way. Like, how are you doing that? Right. I know, I know. And I can't, I can't wait to hear album number three. And I, you know, I just hope and pray that, you know, maybe in the next couple of years we'll get a few dates in America and they might play in the middle of America somewhere, Texas or something, and we can get lucky. I don't see it happening, but you never, you never, <laughs> you know. never know. <laughs> All, right. All right, we're here at the final spot. We're at number one, everybody. Should we do like those old shows did and just recap everything? No, 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 no. I think uh, <laughs> people uh, want us to stop talking. Probably, no. yeah, they, they might have turned us off already. Yeah, but well, for those of you that didn't, well, let me say, as we've mentioned here throughout this, several bands that are classic bands that have been around for a long time, like 
you know, Armored Saint, Iron Maiden, Saxon, Clutch, Faith No More. And then we've got these super groups yeah. of guys that have been around a long time, like the Winery Dogs and the Night Flight Orchestra and Dead Daisies. Then other bands that have been around, like Lamb of God and Fear Factory. And then a few bands that are, you know, newer, but they have several albums under their belt, like Huntress and Battlecross. But here we are at number one. Yep. With a band on their debut album. That's right. Their first album came out this past April. Yep, they're new. They're new. They, I mean, they've been around for a while in South Texas, but they're new to the rest of the country and to us. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't think that this band, I, you know, when I, you know, around October, November, and I really had to start thinking about. It, I thought that, you know, this might be number one, and I, I, I wouldn't have thought it, but you know, really, it, I, it doesn't matter that this is their first album or that they're new on the scene. It's just that damn good. Right. And it's baptized in the Rio Grande by Sons of Texas. That's right. Sons of Texas. They've got our number one album of 2015. And we're going to tell you why. And I'll start by saying just what you just said. I'm kind of, you know, I thought that, you know, this is definitely going to be in my top 10. That's just what was in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of like you said, when you start reevaluating. I'm like I listen to this album over and over. It, exactly, and that's what. And it's just kind of with the Hunters thing. What yeah. was I listening to the most? And, and I, there you go. Yeah, I probably listened to this album more than anything this year, besides the Night Flight Orchestra we just talked about. Yeah, and it's it's one of those albums that concise and it's you know I know what you talked about a bunch that you love. It just it's in and out. Every song you know is your three or four minute long, you know, and it's there's no filler. I mean, no filler. Right. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's all killer, no filler. That's right. <laughs> you, you, and, you, you, you hear this. I'm going down the list of songs and I just, I know every one of them and I can sing them to you because I've just, this album is so amazing. It's so catchy, but it's so heavy. It's so brutal yet, you know, accessible. It, it just rides that perfect line of the kind of stuff that we love. Yeah. And it's like you said, the stuff we love what we grew up on is I think the same, that's probably these guys are probably close to our age, maybe a little younger, but they probably grew up on the same stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, it's got that, that early mid nineties, heavy rock feel. And, you know, they've got compared a lot to Pantera because the vocalist, you know, has that, has that sound yeah. at times, but it's more, you know, he's got that, that feel sound at times, but it, it goes more than, than that in a way you know because he he's real melodic at times too definitely and the guitars kind of have that vibe as well but it's just it's the best way to put it is it's just straight up hard rock that that doesn't let up yeah it's just like bury the hatchet to me is the pull it pull it and fire is one of my favorite songs of the year this i mean it's just yeah, everything I love about I hard know. rock music. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like slabby fucking riffs, nothing too complicated. I mean, it's heavy, heavy as hell, but it's not. I don't know. It's just the only way I can describe it. it just kind of like I said earlier, it rides that perfect line, and it rides a perfect line between hard rock and heavy metal. Exactly. Both people from both sides could really get into this because it's. It's heavy enough that if you're into just mainly heavy metal, 
you're, you could probably still dig it. Mm-hmm. And it's still got that hard rock sensibility, like you said, to where it's, it would fall, it falls right in with that. Yeah. And me, I, you know, I love all genres of rock and metal, but when it comes down to it, the stuff I love the most is just that my main love probably my whole life has just been that stuff that's just straight up hard rock. Yeah. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's just the best way to describe this. And I think it's great that, a you know, there's a young band like this and I hope that, I hope that they continue on this path. You know, they've, they've had a quick kind of, I think quick for a band like that to have a debut album out in April and not be a, you know, on a huge label or anything. And, and they've done well for themselves. They get on several tours yes. with big name people. They've kind of continued on that path. And I, I know they're continuing into the new year touring and, and I think they're on the right path to, to get themselves heard more and hopefully more people get into this. Yeah. Because people, this band needs to keep going. This band needs to do album two, album three. They need to play to as many people. People, people need to know what it is we're talking about right now. Right. About this band. This, we cannot let this band just, you know, get eaten up by the mainstream, you know, radio, I don't know what type kind of machine that a lot of new bands, uh, you know, fall prey to. This band is way beyond that. They're way higher up than that. Uh, so pleased to have them number one on our list. It's just a strong, strong record. It doesn't matter if it's a band's 15th album or their first album. This record is strong as hell. Yeah, and we had one of the guitarists, John Oliveris, on a podcast here earlier this year. Yes, we did. Probably about three or four months ago. So go back and check that out if you're listening to this because you're a Sons of Texas fan. It was great to have him on, and we hope to have him or someone else from the band on again in the future. Because, you know, we're going to check these guys out live as often as we can. We saw them twice this year. Yes. Once opening for Buck Cherry and once at Rocklahoma. And both times they they laid it down. Yeah, it they're was as good as they, they They're as good as they are on album. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. All right, well, there we go, our top 15. And we wanted to, you know, knock out a few uh, names here of bands that have albums coming out this coming year. That's right. That we're really looking forward to. Some of our favorite bands of all time have albums coming out. And... Several other bands do, so it's already looking like 2016s might even be a great one again, too. Yeah, I mean, you got Anthrax, Megadeth, Corrosion Conformity with Pepper back in the fold. My God. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, you know, Metallica is, uh, I would think, hopefully, going to have another album out this year. I mean, they've been working on it. So. They're putting out teasers of yes, new music. Yes, they so. sure are. Um Devil Driver, uh, Blackstone Cherry, you know, there's a new song out on that one, Killswitch Engage. So it's it's looking promising, and there's, you know, there'll be other stuff, too, that we're not even, we don't even know about yet. Alter Bridge. Yeah. 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 The Romstein is something huge I'm looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait to hear something new from them. Spirit Caravan is another band we had on the podcast here couple months ago and they talked about on there they've got a new album coming out here in the spring so looking forward to that definitely insight like we mentioned earlier has a new one and they run the podcast earlier seasons after has a new one coming out and that's right 
that's one that we talked about recently on a podcast that we recorded an interview with the singer Tony, and then I had computer issues and lost it. So that sucks, but definitely check that out. They're a good, solid, hard rock band. And finally, one that I'm hoping comes out, <laughs> is there There was this rumor, or Mar, you know, Mick Mars made comment about this months ago, and then Karabi, just like two days ago, confirmed that he was doing something with him next year. So we don't know if that means an album or what it means, but John Karabi and Mick Mars that would be are supposed epic. to be doing something. That would be insane. Yeah, so that's definitely... Something to look forward to because I've always been interested to hear Mick Mars do something outside of Motley Crue because he's the guy that always got overlooked. Yeah. And then, of course, when you add one of the greatest vocalists ever to the mix, you can't go wrong. No, never, never. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, one of the things uh, that we're, you know, that helps us do this and talk about this and keeps going is all the shows we go to. We go to a ton of them and we go to a lot of good ones. What were some memorable ones for you this year? Well, we've got um, some stuff like Warrant that we saw. We saw them a couple times, and they, they're ones, a band that we've seen a million times. Yes. I say a million times, but probably 10 or 15 <laughs> times now. And they, you know, we're huge fans of them. And Robert Mason, you know, has, has stepped into Jane Lane's spot and phenomenally. And they're just, they're a great live band. It's fun. It never gets old, at least to me, you know, since we're. Oh, yeah. From that I mean, era of music. Yeah, Robert Mason just <laughs> nails it perfectly. And they're just such a they're just a, such a good, well-oiled machine now. They're so fun to see live. And just in the same exact capacity of that is Tesla. And I saw them three times this year, which put me up to 25 now. And God, you're, uh, you're a machine. Yeah. And they're the same type of thing. It's just a, a well-oiled machine. Actually, I saw him four times. See, I'm open from Def Leppard. I forgot about that. Good but, God! <laughs> and they don't, you know, they don't disappoint. They're a great live band. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Karabi earlier. We saw his Motley '94 thing. That was definitely a highlight. Unbelievable. I mentioned, talked about the White Snake earlier, and we just mentioned Spirit Caravan, who we saw in a tiny club here in Tulsa called Downtown Lounge, and they. There wasn't a great turnout, but they got up there and they, you know, they, they threw it down and it was quite an honor to be able to not only, you know, talk to him on our podcast, but see him in a setting like that. Oh yeah, definitely. He's this legendary figure in Wino and these, he's just bright in your face. This power trio that just, you know, just lays it thick, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an amazing show. I saw Butch Walker for... For the first, no, in the first time, first time in like forever, we saw yeah. him back in Austin. Yeah, way, way back. And this was a, I saw him at the Canes, and it was a, another thing. It wasn't a huge turnout because he's never been a mainstream guy, but he just floored it. You know, it was just a real emotional kind of thing. It was kind of it's hard, hard to explain, but yeah. Um, I finally got to see Alice Cooper. <clears throat> who's always been on my bucket list of bands I've, you know, I've missed for several times for one reason or another. Which that 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 brings me to something. Did you ever find the tickets that you lost a couple years ago? I still have not. That's fucking insane. Yeah. One day they're gonna pop up, right? Yeah, like last time he came two years ago, I lost the tickets. <clears throat> and I didn't have printed home tickets. I had hard tickets. So the one time actually I'd hard tickets and i lost them and look what happens i know but 
when he came back, I got first row tickets. Bam. So it kind of made up for all that. And I don't oh, know definitely. <laughs> definitely. So that was kind of an unbelievable experience to see Alice Cooper finally and see him from the first row. Yeah. We mentioned the winery dogs. Um, yeah, we that, mentioned... was, uh, that was probably one of my top highlights. Like I said right. earlier, religious experience. Yeah, we mentioned Clutch. Anthrax was a, a we saw at Rocklahoma, which you mentioned on the Rocklahoma Review. Yes. Was one of the best times we've ever seen them. Oh, hands down, one of the best times. They're, they had some kind of fire going on. I don't know. It was it was indescribable. Right. And another great one from Rocklahoma was, was Queensryche. That's right. Like we talked about earlier, it's just great to see them, you know, back. And uh, we recently saw Crowbar opening for Soulfly. Which, you know, I'm a fan of Soulfly, but I hadn't seen Crowbar in a long time, and it was amazing to see him right up close. Oh, yeah. And I've really gotten into him a lot more over the last few years, so it was a really great experience, you know. And we got to record an insanely kick-ass podcast with Kirk Winstein. Right. Another one that I know is at the top of both of our list was seeing Black Love Society on the Unblackened Tour. That's right. Got to see a lot... It's my favorite set list that I've ever seen Black Label do because yeah, I mean, wow. it included all the stuff from a lot of the stuff from Book of Shadows and some Pride and Glory stuff that he doesn't play live with Black Label most of the time. Yeah, it was definitely a treat to hear. And, you know, it was a set, you know, more stripped down, but it was still plugged in, but it was a more laid back feel. You know, they were sitting on stools and stuff, you know. Yeah, but, it was It was definitely a, a different vibe. It was a, a cool experience to see. And we got to see Wino do his unplugged yes, definitely. performance before that, which was awesome. And there was tons of other stuff, but one of the, the highlights of our year was Riot Fest. And while we're recording this podcast, we just found out that, yes. that Lemmy died. Yes, in the midst of this recording, we learned that uh, Lemmy from Motorhead has passed away. So uh, we were really glad we got to see him. Uh, it's a sad, sad day for rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I just saw somebody, you know, we got on and looked in our, our news feeds and everyone's commenting, everyone's posting. And I don't know who it was, but someone just said rock and roll just got a lot safer and it did. And it's a uh, rest in peace. Lemmy. We got a, a lot of good years. Definitely. And we, <clears throat> quite an honor that we got to see him because when we saw him it was right after the whole thing where he had canceled they had canceled like several shows in a row because he was sick yes and he came back and performed at, at riot fest in chicago and you know i mean you could tell he wasn't 100 percent. yeah you know but he still went out there pulled it off sounded good he didn't sound bad he just no. didn't sound 100 percent. you know and the you know when you got the the guys around him and his guy with Mickey D and Phil, it's like it it lifts it. Lifts it up. You know, exactly. because they're so great at what they do. Yeah. And energy from the crowd and you know, that kind of that helps you out too. So it'd be interesting to see what they do in the future because you definitely don't want to not be able to see him play the drums live. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. He he is a monster. But uh yeah, you know but yeah, R.I.P. Lemmy is a sad day in rock today. Definitely. Well, um, well, also, I mean, I guess we're talking about Riot Fest. That was 
one of our highlights of the year. We got to see Rollins do a spoken word. Yep, living color. Yes, and like we mentioned earlier, Faith No More. Rancid. System of a Down, Rancid. That and, was Anthrax again. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, that that whole thing was great to finally go to a Riot Fest because they always have these great eclectic lineups where it crosses the board from punk to country to metal to rap to whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a cool experience if you've never been to one. Well, do we have uh, anything else we want to mention? Well, you know, we've had a good year, a good first year for the podcast and for Thunder Underground. Uh, well, what what are you looking forward to uh, with with our show and with with uh, you know our pages and stuff? What what would you like to see happen? <laughs> I don't know. You know, more people, more list, people listening. So share this with your friends. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, you Some, can. Kick-ass guests. Yeah, of course. As always, we're always working on that. There's a lot of concerts coming our way in the next few months, and we're definitely going to be trying to bring some more guests to you. And we've also got several people locally and regionally that we've talked to that are going to be on here coming up. So there's, we're not at a loss for content, that's for sure. So yes. we're happy about that. Oh, and, for sure. And, I'm, you know, I'm excited that we've just been doing this since May, and it's where it's at now so i think we're doing pretty good with it and yeah i think i think we're on track uh you know we got some ideas we got some good guests um you know we we've been working on it i guess we could talk about it but we've got the thunder underground commemorative chess set coming out oh yes it's uh, wooden with glass yes chess pieces yeah pewter, pewter you know and you can get it from time life you yeah. know that's right. <laughs> so if you order a subscription by January fifth. That's right. So be on the lookout for this stuff. Definitely. TheThunderUnderground.com has all our previous podcasts on there. A lot of other reviews and content. SoundCloud.com backslash thunder underground has all the podcast list right there. Find us on Facebook. We're always posting either the podcast or other stuff as well as on Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a YouTube channel. And I'm going to throw up a, a companion playlist for this episode that has a song from these top 15 albums. So check that out. Perfect. And be on the lookout of our future stuff. And we appreciate you setting through this long-winded explanation of our year in review. That, that's right. If you've made it this far, uh, we appreciate the shit out of you. Uh, like and share it. And please go back and listen to some other episodes. And... Uh, you know, check out maybe some stuff you missed. Definitely. So until next time, we'll see you in 2016.